Hey everyone, welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms master mealtime and become the boss of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 94, Creating Family Mealtime Solutions That Work with Alyssa Wolf. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest, Alyssa. She is the owner of Your Unbusy Life, where she has her own podcast and blog and programs to help introverted moms specifically um, find time to recharge. So Alyssa is a minimalism junkie, a God follower, an introvert, and perpetual bookworm. She is also a mom of five, so she has 11 years of experience balancing multiple kids while also finding that precious time to recharge. Um, This is why she's chosen to simplify life for introverted moms. But to those of you like me who are not introverted, um, I'm sure can find some nuggets of information that are really helpful for you as well, because I think we can all attest to the fact that moms in general need to recharge. So Alyssa is all about helping moms to organize and simplify their stuff, their sanity, and their schedule. And afterwards, you get to go make the difference in the world you were meant to make. And hopefully, you'll also enjoy your kids a heck of a lot more. So I have got your links um, in the show notes of where you can find Alyssa. We'll talk about it more in the podcast. But let's go ahead and dive in to how Alyssa uses her experience as a mom of five um, to create family mealtime solutions that work and to get your kids working with you in the kitchen and helping actually make that process easier. So with that, let's dive into the episode. All right, everyone. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. We have Alyssa Wolf here from Your Unbusy Life, and I'm just going to turn it over to her and let her tell us a little bit about who she is and what exactly it is that she does. Hi, Amanda. So as you said, my name is Alyssa. I'm a minimalism junkie, God follower, introvert, and a perpetual bookworm. And let's not forget mom of five. So I have over 11 years experience balancing multiple kids while still getting time to recharge. And that's why I specialize in simplifying life for introverted moms, which means your stuff, your sanity, and your schedule. Because afterwards, you can go make a difference in the world and enjoy your kids way more. That's awesome. I'm excited. We're only at four so far, but, um, and I don't know that I'd consider myself an introvert, but I find myself somewhere in the middle. So I'm definitely looking for some tips on how to recharge and keep my sanity myself. So let's dive in. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm excited and think you've got a really interesting niche here. So you have some unique ways to meal plan that help you save your sanity. So can you go ahead and share uh, three unique ways to meal plan that you use that help save your sanity as an introverted mom? 
Sure. So the first thing I like to use is variety within categories. So this is that whole Taco Tuesday thing, but with a twist. You're not having to say what should we cook on Tuesday because you've already picked, but you've just picked the genre. It's Mexican. You didn't lock yourself into tacos because I'm not eating tacos every single Tuesday for the rest of my life. I like burritos. I like huevos. I like enchiladas. I want some variety. So that's my first strategy. Number two is if you don't like having to choose every week, that's the part you really hate and want to get rid of. What if you had a seasonal or a monthly menu plan? This is where you pick all the summer meals, all the winter meals. Maybe you don't really like fresh salads and grilling out in the winter. You want the cozy casseroles, the soups. Just get yourself a list of you know 30 meals that work for winter. Save it somewhere on your computer or your phone and set a reminder, hey, time to switch to the winter meal plan. And it's already done for you. You don't have to sit down every week saying, well, which seven meals am I choosing? That's number three is just choose the handful of your favorites, those five or 10 meals you really like right now and your kids will eat for you and rotate among them. So if you have decision fatigue, just forget it. Make that repeatable shopping list and say, I'll change this up in a month or two when I get bored. But right now, you're having spaghetti every Wednesday, you're having tacos every Tuesday, you're having pizza every Friday, fill in the rest of the week with your kids' favorites and just go from there. Yeah, definitely. You touched on something that I think is really important and that is that you don't have to pick these meals from like thin air when it's time to meal plan. It's really powerful to just have lists created And I like the idea of doing that seasonally, or even if it is at a given point in time, just your 10 favorites, rather than even trying to remember what your 10 favorites are in the midst of decision fatigue, you have them written out and listed. So it's just a matter of picking them and putting on a meal plan. So I think that's really great advice. Because if you're busy, you don't really have the time to go flip through all the cookbooks and say, what feels good? You just want to get it done. Yep, definitely. And Um, that's not particularly what you want to do anyway. Right. So just put it somewhere else. So, okay. So this is something that I have talked about here. Um, and you have some thoughts on it as well. So meal prep is popular, but it's something that tends to be targeted at individuals. So you would meal prep your own meals, which, uh, for so many, uh, moms out there who are in charge of feeding families, this, I think they just think that meal prep doesn't apply to them. But how can you make meal prep work, uh, even if you have a lot of mouths to feed? That is a great topic because so much of the meal prep, as you said, is the single lady style. But I think the moms are the ones that really need it. So tip. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tip number one is prep in bulk. This is not when your favorite blogger is saying, oh, I prep three smoothies at once and I make five servings of this week's entree. And you're like, if I feed my family that for one supper all those servings are gone. Yep. So you have to weigh scale up in in your quantities. If you don't mind handling the bulk, go ahead and bake the gigantic, you know, five dozen cookies at once or, um, you know, 10 pounds of hamburger in your Instapot type of a thing. If you have the freezer room to do it, go ahead and make a lot and store it and freeze it. But yes, you are going to need a bunch of extra fridge or freezer space to handle this because the food preppers aren't thinking that you still have to deal with the drinks and the snacks and the fresh produce. You can't just stuff your fridge with a week's worth of prepped entrees and breakfasts and lunches for a family. It won't work. Yeah, I think you bring a a good point. Not to mention that the freezer, something that I don't even know where I got this the first time, but I've heard is that the freezer is kind of like a pause button for your food. So 
while that um, keeping it in the fridge might work for an individual, family life can be so unpredictable that when it's in the freezer, you're still able to adjust that meal plan a little bit and use it at another time if you need to. So I think that's really great advice. That's a neat idea. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, those are awesome ideas for making meal prep work. Um, along that same vein, um, individuals might find it easier to find the time to um, meal prep and meal plan. Um, but those of us who are juggling kids and maybe jobs, it can just feel really daunting to find the time to meal plan or to meal prep. So can you share some advice for finding that time to do so even with the busy mom schedule? Sure. So first thing I'd suggest is pick a time in your schedule that's best for you and the amount of energy you have. Some people like to do their meal planning, shopping and prepping all in one day, which is way too much for me to handle. So I have to break it up to a planning day, maybe even two planning days and a shopping day and then a couple prep days. So how hard does meal planning seem to you? That drives how much time and what part of the day you're going to slot it into. Do you need an hour to flip through recipes and figure out what you have in the pantry and lay out all those thaw and chop and wash and slice directions? Then maybe you need more of a morning prep time when your brain is fresh to handle all of that. Maybe if cooking is second nature, it's just your hobby, you love it. You can handle a 30 minute throw in somewhere. It's more of a low energy task for you. Then I would set a calendar reminder or a to-do in your planner for that particular day of the week at that specific time for each week here on out so that you can test it out for a few weeks and see, was that enough time, too much time? Did you have the mental energy to handle planning all of that stuff? And then you can tweak from there. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea, something that you brought up that I think is really important and overlooked is to figure out what works for you from a time and energy perspective and what works for one person might not be the exact same that works for another. Um, I also tend to split my time up. And in fact, I tend to do my, I do um, pick up because I've found that that's the, that is the solution for having kids is not taking them into the store. But I try to get that order in like three or four days early and it just sits there because then as I'm remembering more things, I can just keep adding them. And then that really takes a lot of stress out when I go pick it up and it's time to prep because I've had time to remember all the things that I forgot. And it's not like, oh, so we're going back to the store now. It's just, I just add it to the cart quick. So I think that's great. And I, I preach the same thing that it's non-negotiable that you need to have some time to plan every single week. Yeah. You have to treat it as one of the big rocks for the day, because if you don't do it, your shopping list is haphazard. You've added all those extra grocery trips. Like you said, you're, and you're giving yourself stressful late afternoons with the whole, what in the world am I making for dinner today? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. I love the idea of a big rock. And I know for me personally in mom life that I'll find myself just doing, you know, I'm just going and I'm doing these things and, and I'll have something and I'll even have that thought be like, you know, if you just sit down for 10 minutes, you're going to be so much less stressed about this, but something about our like survival brain is like, no, like I can't sit down. I can't like, I've just got to go and not really recognizing that in the long run, you're going to feel better. And also you're going to be more effective in what you're trying to accomplish, which actually 
brings me to the next question. So being a mom is a constant juggling act. uh, And it always feels like we're asked to do it all. And I'm really excited to hear your thoughts about this. Um, As an introverted mom, as someone who needs that alone time and space to recharge. So how do you delegate mealtime tasks in your house to your kids so you aren't stuck doing it all? Another great question. So first, I look at my kids' ages and stages and compare that to how I'm typically cooking, what my recipes do usually involve, and then compare that to see what I can start inviting them into. So for the six to eight-year-old crowd, maybe it's more please wash and slice this celery for me because I want minestrone tonight. Or maybe in the leftovers can be ants on a log for them. And then teenagers can probably get the stove's top and smoothie directions, you know, oh, here, I'm too tired. Go make your own smoothie. Go make up your own treats. And the middles, that kind of nine to 12, I think that's a great age in the kitchen because they're responsible enough to learn a bit of appliance use and turn on the stove. But they've also got the reading level to understand and follow recipes. So those kids, you know, go practice making bread, go practice stirring up your favorite granola bars, make the batter for pancakes. They love getting the credit for the tasty food. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you have any um, thoughts on, I mean, just your own personal experience. Do your kids enjoy doing these tasks? Do you have um, any tips for getting them to want to be in the kitchen with you? Or is that just something that they like? Or what are your thoughts on that? Um, It partly depends on the mood. If some of them are not in shore mode, then they will not be happy when I say, can someone, you know, volunteer to scrub (laughs) the potatoes. Um, But actually most of them like cooking when it's the whole recipe making a treat. I'm not sure they just picked it up. And it's more of a case of who gets to do it this week kind of a thing. Yeah. And, and I'm still, my kids are still pretty young and I, I flip flop between being good at having them help me with um, little tasks and other times I'm getting the cans out of the pantry for them to build pyramids out of. So (laughs) it just depends on the day, but I do notice for me that my kids enjoy being with me. And I think that could even be enough of a motivator for some of you is to you know, to get to be in here with mom while she's cooking, you get to help. So, (laughs) yeah, I think some of them took it on as a fun project. So it's creative and it's edible Yeah, because I didn't necessarily stand there saying here, dump this in for me and here, stir the bowl. That was a little more rare, but three of them are at that level where they can read the recipes and kind of do stuff on their own and they think it's fun. And now they're asking their toddler siblings to come help them with spices because they think it's their job to teach everyone to love cooking. So it's actually <laughs> kind of fun to watch. That is fun. And I, and I love that. And I think you probably played a role in that even just with positivity um, around it. And if it's a positive, creative place to be, and like you said, you're not micromanaging them. You're kind of allowing them to explore um, these recipes. And I think that's really awesome and important. So I love that. And you did a good job of uh, outlining the different ages um, that you'll start doing different tasks. How old are your kids when you start having them in the kitchen at all? I mean, you said your toddlers are in there doing spices or... Yeah. So six and up, they've usually started asking if they can help. So I get out a table knife and say, here, do you want to slice or chop the green pepper spices into bits for me or the celery? Because there are a lot of vegetables that actually can handle a table knife. It may be slower, but hey, that's not what you're asking them to do the chopping for. It's to take one thing off you and to get them used to doing it. Yeah. Um, 
And then some of them, um, a good in-between stage for recipes like baked goods is you read the recipe for them and say, now go get the baking powder, go get the vanilla, go get the flour, you know, go get the eggs. And so you're telling them crack four eggs in the bowl. They can't handle everything at once and figuring out what the recipe says and in what order, but you verbally telling them to get this physical item, they can handle the actual tasks. And that's just something you stack, you know, Mm -hmm. oh, here, did you want to learn how to crack an egg? Oh, great. Now I'll call you anytime I need an egg cracked. And then later on, hey, can I dump that? Sure. Do you want to learn how to level it off with a knife and dump it in? Oh, you know, next time you do this recipe, I want to do the flour. And then they just build on the steps involved for actually stirring up and making the recipe, even if they can't read and follow all the tasks on their own. Yeah, I love that. And actually, that is one thing that's like, one of my favorite tasks to give my kids is to just go get all the ingredients because talk about like the laziest mom hack ever. If I can just sit there (laughs) with the recipe and yeah, they love it to be like, Oh, okay. I know where the flour is. I know where the cornstarch is. I know where the bell pepper is. And not to mention the learning that's happening um, among your kids of being able to identify the different types of produce when you ask them to get it. And Um, I love using kids in the kitchen as an opportunity to teach math, um, especially in baking. That's a really um, easy opportunity to practice their math skills and in a way that's pretty fun for them. And I I like that you pointed it out that it is fun for them and um, can be helpful even if you think your kids are too little or too, there definitely are little things you can start doing that actually are helpful, not just an extra thing for you to do as a mom. So speaking of that, and you've kind of touched on this already, um, but do you have any specific tips for raising capable kids in the kitchen that we haven't covered already? Yes. Um, mostly is cast a vision. What do you want from them when they're teenagers? Are you wanting them to be able to scrub and clean any kind of kitchen utensil, you know, Vitamix, dirty pot, knives? Do you want them to be able to do smoothies? Do you want them scrambling eggs? Do you want them making a meal every single week? Kind of work back the whole, when I launch them out of the house, what sort of food prep skills do I want them to have? And then understand that when they turn 16, they don't just magically acquire all of them. And in fact, you'll probably harder be harder if you wait till then to teach them. So then you just kind of work backward and it doesn't have to be ultra planned out. It can just be, yes, I want them to be, you know, cooking 10 different meals. Okay, well then maybe I need to start letting them hang around the kitchen specifically when I'm making those 10 kinds of entrees. Yeah, I love that. And I love that idea because I think I actually remember an experience in my house where, I don't know, I was a teenager and my mom wanted us to start cooking, um, taking a day. And I think we were supposed to like plan it. It was kind of supposed to be our thing. But I just remember that being like incredibly overwhelming because I didn't spend a lot of time in the kitchen up until that point. So I was like, uh, I don't know what to put. I don't know. And I was also that kid in college who was calling my mom, like, mom, how do you brown ground beef? Like, what does that mean? Or what does, so I do think that it's really valuable to just take those bigger tasks and to work backwards. And, um, and if you want your kids to be the kids that are making a meal a week, I think that's a reasonable expectation, but providing the learning ground and the skill or the opportunity to get to that point so that that's a realistic thing to expect from them. So I think that's great advice. And I think the advice that you had um, about getting started would lead into that 
really well so that, you know, by the time, like you said, your kids are in that in between age, they're, they're kind of already well on their way to autonomy and independence in the kitchen. Well, getting about ready to wrap up, but I just want to know if my audience takes just one piece of advice from this episode on uh, family meal time and raising capable kids, what would that piece of advice be for um, getting started with um, having kids help you in the kitchen or meal planning and meal prepping with less stress? What's the biggest takeaway that you want my audience to have from this? That you can get help. So even if it's just streamlining your meal prep and laying off the Pinterest recipes for a few months, even if you don't have elementary schoolers or preteens, you can hand off some of this too. You can simplify your meal planning. Just pick one thing, either to drop or to start asking your kids to do for you and put a reminder in your calendar every week. This is the new normal. This is what you're going to do. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that brings up a good point that for many of us, we we feel stressed because of these tasks that we have to do, but that have to do is, is really thrust upon us by ourselves. So I think that's great advice. And if you are one of those moms with really young kids, you don't have that help, you know, getting help from a meal plan service, getting help from whatever for a given time, um, it is available to you and, and there's no shame in that. So just, considering how you can get that help if you need it. And like you said, make that be normal, make that be okay. And I think that is great advice. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Where can my audience go, Alyssa, if they want to hear more from you and what sorts of products and services do you have available at this time? And how can my audience get their hands on them? I'm at yourunbusylife.com. So I have a new podcast episode every Tuesday. And I would like to give all the listeners a free challenge on how to get your kids used to taking responsibility for a task before they start helping you in the kitchen, aka picking up their own rooms. <laughs> so in five days, you will lay the foundation for capable kids and you won't have to do the room cleaning anymore. That is wonderful. And I will have to give that a listen myself. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview just like I did. I'm so grateful to Alyssa for joining me. Next time on the podcast, we're actually going to dive into minimalism a little bit more. We've talked about minimalism on the podcast in the past, but next week I want to share with you the I want to share with you what you need in a minimalist kitchen. So what are the things you can pare your kitchen down to and still have a useful functioning kitchen? And I'm really excited to talk about it. I've been going through some purging myself the past few weeks, and I'm excited to discuss this topic and how minimalism in your kitchen can help provide more peace. So thanks so much as always for tuning in. I am so grateful for each and every download and grateful that there are other moms out there banding together to make the mealtime hustle a little bit easier. Thanks so much. Happy planning.